1: That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message.
2: I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Psalm chapter 23 again. uh, This chapter is considered to be, by some people, the greatest chapter in the entire Bible. This first verse, we're going to look at it today. If you, if you look at the words, there's only nine words in that first verse, only nine. And as I was studying this week, I, 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 this is an honest assessment, I, I thought, you know what, it would take me nine weeks to do these nine words justice. I've always said with a smile, I've always kind of joked around that I am the shepherd here at Shepherd Church, shepherding the sheep on behalf of the great shepherd, And uh, I have three major points in verse 1. And the first, and I want you to write this down in your notes, that the shepherd, I want to look at the shepherd, the shepherd is permanently responsible for the sheep. You see, the beauty and the power of this psalm is not really about the sheep, but the beauty and the power of this psalm is when you take your eyes off yourself and start to look at the great shepherd. Most of us know that David wrote this psalm. David was a local shepherd boy by trade. He grew up tending a flock, so he had firsthand knowledge of shepherding. David knew all about the role and the responsibilities of being a good shepherd. And David instinctively knew the ins and outs of what a shepherd was and what a shepherd does. And clearly and distinctly as he begins this psalm, he describes God as a shepherd. Now, he didn't come up with that on his own. If you study the scriptures, you will discover that God himself uses this analogy of a shepherd to the sheep in describing his relationship to his people, the nation of Israel. Write this down. Sheep are found over 500 times in the Bible, more than any other animal in the world. God sees his role as taking care of us, being permanently responsible for us, which means that we don't need to concern or be worried about all the things that we worry about God's got us. (laughs) (speaks) (sighs) Write this down. Being a shepherd is a a 24-hour-a-day job, seven days a week, 365 days a year. He's always on duty. He doesn't take days off. A shepherd works around the clock. The sheep depend upon the shepherd for everything they have, food, shelter, water, and safety. But if you go back and look at verse 1, those nine words and what do you notice about that second word the lord is my shepherd what do you see in your anything anything unique about that word as you look at your bible do you notice anything if you're attentive to detail you will notice that it's all caps it's the only word in that verse that's all capitals capital l capital o capital r and capital d in fact, the word Lord is in the Psalm 23 two times. It's up in verse 1, and you'll find it again down in verse 6. You can circle it both times. But when you see those four letters, L-O-R-D, here's what it means. Write this down. It means that he was, that he is, and that he will be. And what David is saying, and this, ladies and gentlemen, unlocks, it unlocks this psalm. And this word unlocks everything in your life, if you understand this. He is saying that Jehovah God, Yahweh, the one who was, the one who is, the one who ever shall be, the God who is omniscient, the God who's omnipresent, the God who's omnipotent, that that God is our shepherd. And the work of the shepherd, the work of the shepherd is the welfare of his sheep. So give God your worries, give him your problems, your stress, your heartache, your fears, your doubt, your struggles. Hand all that over to the great shepherd because it's his responsibility to take care of his sheep. The second major point of this verse is that the shepherd is also, write this down, He's powerfully responsive to the sheep's need. The psalmist wrote that the Lord Jehovah is my shepherd and I shall not want. Circle, not want. God's longing, his heartbeat, the thing that's inside of God is that he wants to meet all of your needs. And the psalmist is saying that if I have the shepherd, that's all I really need. If I have the Lord, I don't, I don't even want anything else. A shepherd basically does three things. Write these things down as quickly as you can. He guides, he guards, and he gives. That's what a shepherd does. He he guides the sheep to shelter, he guards them from danger. And he gives them or leads them to food. That's, that's all he does. He guides, he guards, he gives. And Psalm 23 verse 1 reminds me of a verse over in the New Testament that you might be familiar with. Philippians 4.19 that says, My God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches found in Christ Jesus. Those two verses are a lot alike to me. But a lot of people misunderstand both of these verses. And here's where we all get confused. The Bible does not say that God will meet all of your greed. It says that he will meet all of your need. If I were to come up to you face to face and ask, if for the rest of your life, the rest of your life here on this earth, that my God would meet every need that you will ever encounter on this planet. Why would you ever worry about anything? And the obvious answer is you wouldn't worry about anything if you believed it to be true. Now, some of you are sitting out here right now, you're here right now, and you're saying, Dudley, that sounds really good, but it's not true because I remember a need in my life and God didn't meet that need. I remember a time where God didn't come through in my life. I had a need and God didn't meet it. Well, let me tell you, if God didn't meet it, it wasn't a need What you need is the great shepherd. And if you got the great shepherd, you don't need anything else. He will satisfy the longings of your heart. Number three, here's our third point in this text. And this is the most important part. Is that the shepherd is personally related to the sheep. This is the heart and center of the sheep greatest chapter of all time the lord is he says my shepherd i want you to circle the word my the lord is my shepherd i shall not want notice the psalmist did not say that the lord is the shepherd he didn't say that the lord is a shepherd no 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 he said the lord is my shepherd and if you're sitting here today and you cannot say that you can't say that the lord you don't have a personal relationship with the lord jesus christ if you can't say the lord is my shepherd then the shepherd is not obligated to meet any of your needs he's only obligated to meet the needs of the people that have a personal relationship with him this church is full of people who can say the lord is the shepherd or the lord is a shepherd but can you say that the lord is my shepherd do you have a personal relationship with the lord Listen, this shepherd, the shepherd here in Psalm 23 is no ordinary shepherd. And don't forget back in point one, it's all caps. In fact, in this text, I see two words that describe God. One is capital L, capital O, capital R, and capital D, that he's Jehovah, that he's Lord, that he's God, that he's Yahweh. But I also see that the verse calls him a shepherd. Which is he? He's both. You see, when you study this, and I mean really study it, when you see that he's called Lord, that speaks of his deity. The fact that he's called a shepherd speaks of his humanity. The word Lord speaks that he's he's sovereign. And yet shepherd speaks that he's yet man. He he is 100% God and he's 100% man. We see that in this text. You know, what is is this question that we're trying to discover? When you read Psalm 23, verse 1, who who is it referring to? Who is this whole chapter referring to? Who? Write it down. If you make him your Lord, I I don't want to confuse you, but we have to reverse Psalm 23, verse 1. We have to reverse it. The psalmist said that the Lord, Jehovah God, is my what? We have to reverse that. You've got to get to a point where you can say the shepherd is my Lord. The Lord, Jehovah God, is my Lord. Not, not the shepherd is a Lord. Not the shepherd is the Lord. That the shepherd is my Lord. And you say, well, how do you do that? Three ways. Write them down quickly. Number one, you have to acknowledge that you are lost without him. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, verse 6, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way. You have to admit, you have to acknowledge, I should say, You have to acknowledge that you're just a normal sheep, that you have lost your way, that you have strayed away on your own. That's step one. And the second thing you do is you accept him as your Lord and Savior. John 1, 12. Everybody say John 1, 12. Here's what it says. Look on the screen. Yet to all of you who received him, uh, those of you who have accepted him, Those of you who have believed in his name, he gave you the right to become children of God. The most amazing thing in this whole chapter is not that I get to call him my shepherd. The most amazing thing is that he claims us as his sheep because we've all gone astray we've all sinned we have all failed god every one of us and yet he still claims us as his own you know what that's called that's called grace that's grace accept him receive him believe in him he allows you to become his children romans ten nine says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You want to make this shepherd your Lord. And number three, you have to acclaim Him. Acclaim. Now that's a strange word. Most of us don't even know what that word means. It's not that you claim Him, it's acclaim. What does acclaim mean? The word acclaim means is that you follow him. So you acknowledge that you are lost without him. Secondly, you receive him, accept him, believe him, put your faith and trust in him. And then you follow him all the days of your life. Before we get out of here, I've said all of that to say what I'm about to say next. Take your Bibles and turn to John 10. John chapter 10. John chapter 10 And if you're in your life group this week, which I hope you sign up, you're going to study John 10. Say, so what's John 10? John 10 is 2,000 years after Psalm 23, where Jesus, in the middle of the book of John, tells the Jewish people listening that he is the shepherd. You remember that psalm that you've studied your whole life that was written 2,000 years ago by King David? In John chapter 10, Jesus is before a Jewish audience and he tells them, I want you to understand something, that I am he, the one who was, the one who is, and the one who shall be. I just want to read a few of these verses to you and let you see what Jesus said to his listeners in verse 14, John 10, verse 14. He said, I am the Good Shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. That's a personal relationship. You see that? Verse 15, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, that's the relationship that he has with his Heavenly Father. He said, I lay my, I lay down my life for my, what's he talking about? This is John, this is in the middle of John. He's letting his Jewish listeners know that he's the fulfillment of Psalm chapter 23. He's also telling them that he is going to willingly lay down his life for his sheep. He's he's, he's announcing that one day he's going to go to the cross where he will die. This is John 10. Jesus doesn't die until the end of John. He's just letting them know what's about to happen. And then he says this to his Jewish listeners. Look at verse 16. He's talking about everybody in here. He goes, oh, fellas, by the way, I want you to know, I do have other sheep. What? What? Yes, I am fulfilling Psalm chapter 23. I am the Messiah. I am the fulfillment of all the Jewish prophecy. But I want you to know that I do have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Gentiles. And all over this room today, we have Jewish people who are here. Because I know some of you, and I I know some of you, and some of you are Jewish. But most of you here are not Jewish. Most of you here are Gentiles. And Jesus was talking about you right here in John chapter 10. The discourse on the sheep. And he says, I'm the fulfillment of the Old Testament Scripture. I'm fulfillment of of Psalm 23. I am the good shepherd. I just want you to know. And soon I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. And he was talking primarily just to Jewish people. But he also wanted his Jewish listeners to know, I'm dying not just for you. I'm also dying for all the Gentile people. And he says, they too will listen to my voice. And there shall be just one flock. He didn't say there's a church going to be called Shepherd Church over there in Windy Ranch. (laughs) But he did say one day there's going to be a church where there's going to be both Jewish people and Gentile people sitting side by side and they will be one flock, one family, and there's only going to be one shepherd. Later down in the end of that chapter, verse 25 to 26, just a couple more verses here. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. Look at verse 26, but you, he's talking to his Jewish listeners, you did not believe because you are not my sheep. What's he talking about? He's saying that if you're Jewish, you don't get to go to heaven just because you're Jewish. Even if you're Jewish, you have to reach a point where you have a personal relationship with me, the one who will die for your sins. You don't get to go to heaven just because you're Jewish. You have to reach a point where you realize as a Jewish person that Jesus is the fulfillment of Psalm chapter 23 and all the other Old Testament prophecies that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. And if you don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, you're not getting in, is what he's saying here. And then in verse 27 and 28, the last two verses My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. That's a claim. That's a claim. You acknowledge that you're lost without Him. You reach a point where you realize that Jesus is the Savior, the fulfillment of all the Old Testament Scriptures, that He is Yahweh, that He is Jehovah, that He is the Christ, the Son, the living God, that He's the one who will die upon the cross for your sins and did die on a cross for your sins, and you accept Him and you receive Him and you put your faith and trust in Him, and then the rest of your days you acclaim Him, you follow Him, you listen to His voice, and you do the things that God asks you to do. And verse 28, I, the Good Shepherd, will give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one will ever snatch them out of my hand.
1: It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We know as Christians, our relationship with Jesus is a daily commitment and not just something we do on the weekends. We believe we have the perfect gift today to help you maintain your daily connection to our Lord for the coming year. Romancing Royalty is a daily devotional book designed to draw you closer to King Jesus with 365 inspirational stories, scriptures, prayers, study questions, and even a place to journal. There are more than 100 contributors to this book, including Greg Laurie, the late John Wooden, Tony Campolo, Jack Hayford, Raul Rees, and Jim Garlow, just to name a few. We know this daily devotional will be a blessing to you. It also makes the perfect holiday gift for a friend or loved one. Pastor Dudley's top-selling daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, is available right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Romancing Royalty can be yours by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our number again is 888-818-4777. Four seven seven seven. You can also order Romancing Royalty directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know there are many daily devotionals available today, but none come close to the level of insightful contributors to this book. It's our most popular seller this time of year. So we invite you to call and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, today. I'm Kyle Welch inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.